What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I was 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Three on one. Bagley the set. Bagley with the dunk. And you can put it in the boat and send it to the left. There it is. Buddy Hill alone at the top of the Kings record book. Oh, I like this. The Fox scores five in the open court. It's into the lane. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like Kings basketball. Oh. Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Bulls Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. We got Rich Ivanowski on here, as we always do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, man. I've got less than a week now of school remaining, so very excited about that. Just uh, put out my uh, season grades at the Sacramento Bee for all the Kings players. I saw, I think you put out a grade on, was it Giles? Yeah, I just did a little bit of like a, a report card in a way, yeah. Gotcha. I did, yeah. and I'm planning on going through those. Yeah, it's pretty much what we did on the pod, but just uh, going through the film a little bit more too, and yeah. Are you, how are you feeling about the rest of the season as far as, are you getting more optimistically played out? No, 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 no. Like, I, I already have kind of given up on the fact of it being played out from Sacramento's point of view. Um so at this point, I've kind of just accepted that. Like, personally, I'm in full off-season mode in regards to the research I'm doing and everything. And I've never dug into the draft like this before. So that's uh, what I've shifted my attention to right now. Yeah, same for me. And I'm really, honestly, I'm, like, really, really enjoying it. It feels like new basketball to me Yeah. when I'm watching these guys because I just, I'm not a big college ball guy at all. I always hated college ball because, to me, it's, like, the NBA is a bunch of the right plays and then occasional wrong ones that are taken advantage of. And to me, college is, like, so many wrong plays and then the occasional right one. You do rarely ever see, like, a perfectly drawn-up play that's executed, like, to perfection. Yeah. yeah. But it's, like, the opposite of watching the, the Warriors in their heyday. Right, right. Um, and I want to start at the top here. I got to backtrack a little bit with this Lamelo stuff because oh, because oh, because omissions. <laughs> all right. Yeah, because so I was all about this guy's upside, right? And you you talked me out of it, obviously, because I mean the way there's no way I still think that Lamelo has a higher upside than Fox. Um, wow, just for, I can't even... But, but yeah. you know, potential upside. I'm not saying he's 100% going to get there. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the size of LaMelo. But I, there's no way that you can reach that ceiling or Fox's ceiling with both of them on the same roster. Yeah, there's um, no chance, right? Yeah. yeah, so there's no way that Sacramento could do that. If you're and in it's, that not like a Luka, it's not like a Luca fox discussion. Like, it's a different... 
it's a totally more problematic thing. No, yeah, like LaMelo does nothing without the ball in his hands. Right. Yeah, so I just wanted to get that out there. Before we get into what's probably going to be uh, people's two favorite, like... So is that just to cover your own ass, basically? I guess, yeah. Like, I was feeling guilty. Cause I was, what like, just sitting there thinking about it. I'm telling you, man, I lay there at night, and I'm like, man, that was a terrible take. <laughs> the take that, like, you... you, you you would trade Fox in order to get Lamella? Well, I never said that, but it was like... I think that's what you're getting at. Nah, nah. Well, I just had a really, uh, you know, I had a a crisis in my own head because I'm like, man, when do you get the point of, like, this guy... Sam Bassini just came out on his big board today. Lamella's his number one guy. You know, it's a weak class, but, like, I, I, like, see the upside, and I'm like, how do you... When... How do you just pass on this? But when Fox is, like, your clear guy that has you know, a similar upside, even if I think it's less than LaMelo, you can't, you can't do both. Well, and I also think it's this draft class. Like, LaMelo would not – he's not yeah. an ordinary number one guy. Yeah. Like, I think that he wouldn't have gone number one in any recently – I can't even, like, think back to a number one. Maybe, like, an Anthony Bennett. That's probably going too far back. But, like, nine years out of ten, pretty much, I think that he's not going to be a number one guy. Right. Yeah, I, I did poke around a little bit with some draft guys and asked where they thought Fox would rank in this draft class. And pretty much, I, I mean, most of the answer I just got was tier one and not, like, the clear. I think Bryant came out and said the number one, but he wasn't uh, the most confident on this draft class. But, uh, That's because yeah. he preferred Dennis Smith Jr. to Aaron Fox. It's funny because I was reading through his big board again uh, right before this, and, yeah, he was talking about comparing this draft to the 2013 – or uh, no, 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 he was talking about the one that Fox was in it and kind of crapping on his own grades, yeah, and he had Dennis Smith above him and he had Lonzo above him. Yeah. Well, I just think that, like, in – so say Fox was coming out of school this year – I do think he probably would be ahead of LaMelo or, like, maybe they're neck and neck, but then you've got the evidence of Fox working. So, like, there's no question at this point you'd much rather have Fox. Yeah, yeah, totally fair. Um, But the two guys that we're going into today, we've gotten uh, messages to to talk about these guys, and and I think they're just going to be some of the more – Interesting ones and good fits for Sacramento. I'm really excited to get into this. We got Isaac Okoro and Devin Vassell. Which one do you want to start with here, man? Um, I could go either way. I will tell you that at least through a King's perspective, I favor one of these guys a lot more than the other. I, I think w- I know. I wonder if you can guess who that is. Yeah, I think it's Vassell. It is so. Yeah, and it, I've yeah, I, I'm so back and forth on this because yeah, okay, so let's just and I think most of this episode I was thinking today could be talking about them at the same time a little bit more than some of the others. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, they're they are very similar. We're getting into like we kind of grouped Denny and Lamelo in together because they're kind of like international guys who we don't have a lot of tape on, but. For the most part, we're going to be able to do similar-ish guys. Like, Akoro and Vassell and then, like, Akongwu and Toppin, they're, like, similar enough, right, in terms of the amount of tape we have on them and the position they play. I I think we can get pretty close to that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, do we just start with the shooting for both of these guys? Um, And obviously, you want to talk about Vassell. I mean, it's 
one of his ridiculous strengths. You know, he had a game this year where he went 7 of 7 from 3, and he shoots 41% from 3 on the year. Um, the man is – he's ridiculous. And it's such a high release as part of this, too. 41%, yeah, 41.5 on this year. And then 41.9 as a freshman as well. On a higher volume, uh, I didn't realize that part. But, yeah, he was taking seven threes a game as a freshman. Um, so that's yeah. that's pretty impressive. He actually, like, lowered his three-point volume this year uh, and brought his two-point attempt volume up quite a bit, it's, which is a good thing because he, he also got way more efficient on twos. Mm-hmm. I saw that earlier, and I thought the same. For some reason right now on sports reference, just the basketball reference for college guys, it's saying that it was 1.9 three-point attempts in his freshman year. Earlier, I saw the same seven. I had scrolled down to per 40 minutes. Okay, got it. Got it, got it. Yeah, I thought I saw the same thing. Right, so, yeah, I mean, still in regards to the uh, percentage of, of attempts, total attempts, he uh, he did do what you had just described there. And, I mean, yeah, it, comparatively, if you're talking about a Coro, I mean, the shot does not really uh, – you have to be optimistic in improving his form because there are clear issues with the Coro shot, 28.6% from three on low volume. He's never going to be a high-volume shooter like you're going to see with the cell. Yeah, so let's, let's actually start here with what is similar between these guys. Uh, they are pretty close together in terms of height. I think for some reason – Vassell looks and plays a lot bigger, and I think a lot of that is his high release point on the shot. Um, and I think also some of it could be, like, a bit of a visual illusion because of the way, like, their hairstyles are. Vassell's just going <laughs> up, and Nikoro's, like, is... is I wasn't reading he's an inch taller, but from yeah. the numbers I was seeing, I hadn't found that. But I had read that he's an inch taller, yeah. He looks a solid inch taller. The wingspan I see everywhere is significantly mm-hmm. a, full, a full inch longer um, and he just looks bigger like I don't know he's maybe just more lanky uh, and a little bit slower which makes him feel bigger in a way where Okoro is kind of a blur of energy I mean they're both hustle guys but Okoro has like the build of Anthony Edwards Okoro's huge Okoro's 225 Vassell's yeah. 180 it, that's what oh, that's yeah. what sports reference has here Okoro's freaking built like that makes strong that makes sense. Like it gives Vassal like a a more lanky appearance. Mm-hmm. Vassal is he's definitely like a more spindly dude, where Okoro's kind of like built cannonball style. Right, right. And then obviously, I mean, the big plus with these guys is you're talking about their defense. Uh, they're both absolute disruptors on defense. I think that, and they're they're two of the highest ceiling guys in regards to defense and the floor that they got going on right now. They're impact players on that end. My big uh, thing, notable difference between the two is I felt like Isaac Okoro's a better on-ball defender and Vassell's a better off-ball defender, although they're both good at the other thing. I I think that they are a little different in that regard. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, Vassell is more of like a playmaker. Like you, that kind of goes into that off-ball, like, Right. Jumping passing lanes type of thing. Mm-hmm. He averaged 1.4 steals and one block per game, where Akora was just under one steal and one block each. So Akora, I think, is a little, little 
stronger on ball and is going to make less aggressive moves off ball where Vassell is, I mean, he had a lot of really impressive chase downs, uh, a lot of like pick six type steals. Yeah, definitely. And what do you put more value on? On ball or, or off ball in regards well, to these guys? I think I think that probably it's a style thing where they both could probably do both. But I get the feeling that Okoro is a very team-oriented guy. Um, his team plays really well, and he played for a really – like a, I mean, like one of the better teams in the NCAA in Auburn, like they, they were very strong this year. And I think a part of that is his – that kind of plays into him being okay with laying back a bit on defense and just making sure guys don't get past him where mm-hmm. the cell may have been more trying to create uh, plays on defense. Yeah, that's interesting. I also think Florida State is is a really good team themselves and are focused on defense uh, pretty regularly throughout the years. So I, I don't want to, like, downplay for Florida State as well, but I, I do see where you're coming from there. And also another note um, that we definitely need to get in here, they have a, a significant age difference. Okoro's 18, uh, Vassell is a sophomore, and he's 20 years old. Yeah. It's not major, um, but but I, I think that's – Is he 20 major. already? He's 20. Okay, is that like a 20 at the time of the drafting? I actually don't have his birthday. Um, I don't have that right in front of me here. I can get it. Uh, oh, okay, here we go. Uh, August 23rd. August 23rd. Oh, so – Well, this is just a quick – So he'll be he'll be 20 in – At time of draft. Yeah, okay. By the time the season starts, by the time he's a rookie. Um, and then, yeah, Okoro – uh, January 26th. So yeah, he is. Oh, he'll so he'll be 19, or he is 19 currently. I the think that Vasini says 18 here. I think so. It it really like there's a lot of different ways to like list age. I think that sometimes you'll like that his college basketball reference age is 18 because like at the midpoint of the season they'll just take whatever age that is and slap it on. They're kind of like in the NBA. They'll do that as well. Yeah. Like whatever age you are in February of that season, that's like your age for the year. Right. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I could be wrong here. I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm seeing the same thing. I was seeing January 26th. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So um, not as much of a difference as, as I had thought. About um, a year. I mean, the, I guess the easiest way to think about it is one is a freshman, one is a sophomore. And I, I think right. that's probably how – we can approach it. Um, right. So, yeah, and then obviously, do you think the position is the same for these guys, or do you see Okoro is more of a 2-3, where you think Vasco could play the mm. 4, like a 3-4? I kind of think that Okoro could play more of a 4 because he's stronger. Okay. But it's interesting because th- there is so much for these guys that you could make an argument either way. Um, it, yeah. because, yeah, like you're saying, Vassell has the length, and that's the real issue with Okoro. Like, if Okoro had this, like, you see these Andre Iguodala comparisons, you know. Um, the, one of the main issues, and the issue with believing in Okoro is going to be an elite all-NBA defender, is his wingspan. That these guys usually have, like, a seven-foot wingspan, and Okoro's looking at a six-nine. Yeah, and that's the thing, like you said, Okoro is Edward-sized, right? Which is true, 
Um, but Okoro, I mean, Edwards is just as strong as Okoro. I don't see him playing the four. So I don't know. Right. I, I feel like Okoro probably tops out. Yeah. At the three, I, I think I think he could defend. He could give you some minutes defending fours, though. Sure, sure. Like he in a switch, he's not going to be lost. Yeah, but for the most part, both of these guys are two threes, and I think you know you get a you maybe can sneak some minutes at like a one or a four, but either way, like there are definitely situations more likely than not, I would prefer them not guarding ones and fours. I think these are two threes, and and for Sacramento, I think these are threes. You're sliding Barnes to the four. I yeah, they're threes. They're like I would love for either of them to play the three. Vassal in particular, I Vassal, excuse me, I'm, I'm going to really struggle with that the entire time. <laughs> me too, don't worry. Uh, but uh, Vassal in particular, like, he just, I think it is that little bit extra of length that, like, he makes me think of Danny Green, obviously. Um, I know Vassini talked about him as a comparison, but I was also thinking of him before he has that same body type. Um, like a Danny Green type of guy, like not a super hyper athlete, but can play the three four. Like he's kind of an ideal prototypical three in my mind. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. If you're missing the NFL, it's no problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. One of the big parts of this defense to me is, like, who – if you needed a guy on Sacramento to, like, slow down a Paul George or a Kawhi, like, right now it's Harrison Barnes. And then after that, to me, like, I think Okoro is way more capable of that than Vassal because of this strength. But I don't know. How do you feel about that? Because, I mean, the other side of that is, is again, this length. Yeah, I don't know. I don't – I don't feel – comfortable with a Coro guarding like six foot nine guys. Right. Right. That's fair. I think he, he's a great guy to put on like Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And, and interestingly, I see a lot of Jalen Brown in regards to the offense of a Coro and Jalen shot obviously has come around. Um, but, but yeah. we'll get to that. Um, well, let, let's get back to like some main differentiators here. I think a Coro is really incredible with generating uh, like free throw attempts, like getting to the line. He is fantastic at that. He averaged almost five free throws a game as a freshman at Auburn. And I mean, he's, I mean, like he's taking almost as many free throws as he is like, you know, shots. Like it's, it's pretty close. It's relatively close. Whereas Vassell, you know, 2.2, free throws a game to 10 uh, field goal attempts per game. It's not the same rate, even close. 
Right, and um, I think that Okoro is is a ridiculous finisher. Um, I, I, where he lacks in the shooting, and shooting uh, I think is obviously a more valuable skill. He is a he's a really good finisher, and, and I think that's underrated with both of his hands. We mentioned him being strong, kind of built like Edwards. I think that he's able to go through guys like that a little bit. Um, Sixty Synergy has them finishing sixty four point two percent around the basket, um, and, and then. Also, I mean, you're getting a lot of this pull-up game off the dribble from Vassell, which you're not getting any from Okoro, but I think Okoro's playmaking is is just head and shoulders above Vassell's, but obviously you, like, limit that a little bit if you don't have any gravity yourself on offense. Um, and I will say Okoro's playmaking mainly seems to be hitting perimeter players and it's less pocket passes or uh, drop-offs to big men. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, definitely on the playmaking for sure. What about this as a comp? Is Okoro, is Okoro the Jalen Brown to Vassell's Jason Tatum? Um, I don't think Vassell is the same shot maker and, like, space creator that, that Tatum is. And that's part of my worry with Vassell is that, like, he has this really high release and, that, and that's really – how he's getting most of his shots off. But to me, like, I don't see him creating space amazingly. Neither of them are as good as the counterpart that I'm describing. Right. In my, no, in my mind, like... But style-wise, I, I do get what you're saying, yeah. Like, one's a little bit shorter, more, more like, got more strength, where one's kind of, like, shooting over guys and has yeah a, a better reputation, at least, from deep. Yeah, yeah, totally fair, totally fair. And Tatum, I feel like, at least started out as really a role player. Like, he – what was that? Uh, his first season, Tatum was, like, shooting 50% from three for, like, almost the entire year for the Celtics. For a while, yeah. But it was really a lot of just catch and shoot, which is what Vassell is going to be probably doing to start out with. Yeah, that and, – and I think you see, like, one or two dribbles just closing uh, closing out – attacking guys that are closing out. I think you'll see that from yeah. Vassell. Um and and yeah, and and I will say for Okoro's defense on offense, he that was whatever. Um, I, I he never is making a play where you're like, what are you doing? Like he knows yeah. his limitations. I'm gonna attack Okoro's offense, and I'd like you to to provide the counterpoints or or to defend okay. it, right? Uh, yeah, defend my attack. I know that's that's where defend, I stuttered for a second there. Yeah, my offensive on um, his offense. Um, <laughs> all right, so all right. First of all, the shot the shot may never come around. Two point five attempts from three as a freshman, twenty eight point six percent. And you don't really see a ton of mid range. You see some. It's like it's kind of on that line. It's not like he's this knockdown. Uh, long two mid-range shooter who just loses his range at three. It's just he is so much better at the basket, getting the basket. Like right. the further you get from the basket, it's like a pretty consistently sloping, downward sloping, uh, like rate of return there. Um, in the NBA, who are examples of guys that are two threes who – just don't have any range and and work. Just just 
because I, I honestly struggled to find these guys, these good examples of these guys. Yeah, I, hmm, I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, honestly, like, if you're buying a Coro, you kind of have to believe that he's going to be able to fix the form and at least be, you know, a 33% shooter on low volume. So, I mean, that's that's the number one attack on a Coro, if you're trying to break down his For draft sure. stock. Um, and, I mean, not to stick – I don't know why I'm sticking with all these Celtics comparisons, but, like, is Marcus Smart a guy that fits that description? I mean, Marcus – like, Okoro just needs to be respected enough from defenses that he's able to just have a little bit of gravity to him and allow him to use his good finishing, quick first step to be able to blow past guys. Like, there are times you, you see in college yeah, that he's in the strong side and guys are helping off of him, something that you never want to do, but there's just no threat of a Coro shooting. Um, and Marcus has just chucked it enough that defenses at least have to respect him out there. I mean, and Marcus has come around. So his first yeah. four years as a Celtic, uh, well, he averaged time he shot the ball. 4.2, three-point attempts per game. So he was kind of chucking it but less than 30% on that, 29% across his first four years. Then the last two years, he's really come around, um, 35.6% on 5.4 attempts. So, like, that's at least – I think that's kind of the hope for Okoro is, like, even if he's kind of got to chuck it for a while, he can survive off defense and playmaking until he, you know, gets that rhythm. Yeah, and I, I will say, like – Obviously, shooting is the biggest part of offense, but I think aside from that, he really does everything else good on offense. Um, Like I said, I I think his playmaking, I think he has a really good touch, and like you said, getting to the free throw line, even if he doesn't shoot a great percentage at the line, um, he finishes through contact, he's giving you and ones. There is a, a, a decent handle to him, um, there, there's a first step. Like we said, he, he drives well. I, I, his passing is, is good. Like, I think that there are moments that he could run a pick and roll. We didn't see Auburn do it very well, but aside from the shooting, which again, obviously is a huge part, I think he would find a way to have some sort of impact on offense. Assuming there's other shooting around him, which obviously is an issue with you're talking about De'Aaron Fox, Martin Magley. Well, that's, yeah, and that's where we should go next with this is how does that work with those guys? I was just trying to think of, like, does that lineup work at all? If Fox is your one, right. a Coro is your three, and then you've got a five that can't shoot. Well, yeah, no, it doesn't. Like, you have to have a five that can shoot. You know, you have to have three guys around a Coro that can shoot at least. So what? So Buddy and Barnes are two and four. I mean, is right. that enough spot? Probably, up? probably not. Probably not. Right. Especially if I mean, you're still saying Fox is the main guy. Like you need spacing around him. And let's say, I, I know obviously you're lower on it, and there's reason for many people to be myself included on Bagley. But if Bagley is is a key piece as well, he needs to be getting to the rim. He needs shooting around him. So yeah, with with Sacramento. If Okoro can't become at least a respectable corner three-point shooter, then there are a lot of issues. So how about the fit with Vassell? Is it anything less than perfect? Not really. 
I mean, the, no. the shooting is ridiculous on this guy, you know? And, and I have, like I said, I have hesitations that he'd be able to create for himself at the next level, but I don't think you're really asking him to do that, you know? Like, Buddy Heald, Bogey, Fox, if you want to say Bagley as well, these are high-usage guys. So, Matisse Thibault went, what, 21st, 23rd? Yeah, I couldn't help but think of this guy. Last year, where would, where do you think Matisse Thibault would go if he was in this draft? You know, I, I'm not really sure. Um, I, I didn't watch the draft enough previously, but I, I do feel he's very comparable to these guys. I feel like we'd Mr. be talking Thibault, the same range. End of the lottery. Yeah, I feel, I feel like he'd be. I feel like he'd be stupid. I uh, maybe not like fresh out of college. I'm saying like if you knew like who he was, right. like that it worked. That like the forty percent. Yeah, I mean, is it not Vassal? Yeah, I think it is. I think it just is where Vassal. It, is. Except you also have a little so. bit of like off the dribble shooting with Vassal or Vassell. I almost want to say that I have. Vassell with a higher ceiling than Thibault, where I see like the defense could be pretty much right there, close to it at least, and then the shooting could be equal, if not even better, for Vassell. And I mean, he's got a little bit, he's got a little bit of an interior game. It's not a ton, but like I feel like he would be able to do a little bit more with drives. I mean, maybe we just haven't seen that yet from Thibault because he hasn't needed to do it. But I feel like it's there, and it could be developed. I mean, I saw him, like, throw down, like, an alley-oop off in yeah. bounce pass. It's like, okay, well, that guy, he's got a little bounce. He's got nice length. I don't know. Right. So, if, if, hmm, who has the higher ceiling? It's a coral, right? Yes. This is, like, a straight across, that's what this argument is. It's ceiling versus floor. Like, Vassell has the highest floor of, honestly, maybe anyone in this draft. He is I, he's a ridiculous 3 and D guy. He is going to be a useful role player, probably as a rookie and, like, definitely within two or three years. Like, he could play, he could play, like, 10 years in the NBA and be, like, a serviceable rotation player. I feel like his floor is, like, eight years as a 20 minutes per game guy. Yeah, uh, Sam Bassini in a mock had him going to the Spurs and talked about him as Danny Green, in a way, you know? I feel like when I look at him, I see Danny Green. It's even kind of like in the hair. I, like, he's <laughs> a Danny Green type of dude. Yeah. I just, I worry, like, for the defense, I, I see a lot of arguments that Vassell even is a better defender than Okoro, but, like, the strength to me, I, I worry about Vassell there. Um, and Okoro's, like, I, I I can't get over the NBA body and athleticism that Okoro has compared to Vassell. The athleticism is a huge deal. Okoro is so much faster, stronger, more explosive. Like, Okoro really is, like, pretty close to Anthony Edwards in terms of his athleticism. Not, yeah. It's not all the way there. It's not, like, a 10 out of 10 athlete, but, you know, probably a 9 on that scale. Right, right, and, and it's it's hard for me to look past that, but it, we're talking about Sacramento here, and first of all, like, Okoro is ranked to go higher, um, a, a lot from what you see in Bassini's mock, it says Okoro, uh, quote, Okoro will get looks as high as number three, depending on who gets the pick and won't get out of the lottery, and then for 
uh, Vassal, it says, quote, it would no longer be a shock to see him end up in the late lottery, and I'd anticipate him end up in the top 20. So I read that, and it blew me away because I see Vassell being mocked higher than Okoro all over the place. Yeah. And, in fact, in Vassini's big board that was put out today, Vassell is higher than Okoro. By one. Big yeah. Yeah. So, and then, like, yeah, like, another, like, um, I don't know how much stock I want to put into, like, the Ringers draft board, but they have Vassell way higher than Okoro over oh, there. Really? Yeah, Vassell draft, draft Twitter definitely has is climbing on Vassell very quickly. He's been climbing more than anyone else, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and again, if if we're talking Sacramento and in regards to guys like I do, I mean, I think obviously Coral has the higher ceiling, not necessarily that he's going to get there, um, but. Sacramento does not seem to be looking really all towards the future, even if maybe we think that they should be, you know, like I I think that they would lean towards a guy that is going to give you a little bit more of an impact now. And I, how do you feel about that as a decision? If they go for more instant impact than. If it was a more dramatic difference, then I'd have more of an issue with it, but these guys are close enough that I'm, probably leaning Vassell myself as well. Even though, like, you could ask me tomorrow and I'd be leaning towards the Coro, I'm really split on these guys. But I, I would have no issue with taking Vassell because he's more of an impact guy now. Yeah, I think that there are more, like, they are very, very close. And, like, when it comes to fit, like, we talk about this, you know, Kings fans will lose their mind if you start talking to them about fit with draft picks, right? Because they've been burned so many times, especially with Luka Doncic. Like, there's these arguments about fit with him versus Bagley. And and I think that, honestly, like, you can make arguments for guys like Bagley over Doncic just in terms of their fit with the team. But then you have to, like, for, you have to consider, okay, well, is the other guy a potential franchise-changing player? And that's where it falls apart. Like, fit is a totally valid reason yeah. to pick, pick a guy, but only when it's a tiebreaker, right? Like, that's what it is. Like, you have to look at the talent level, and you have to say, hey, Luca is just a better talent than Bagley, so we can't start to discuss fit here. But when it's two guys that you're like, it's pretty much a wash, like they're pretty much equally Close talented, yeah. then you can use fit as like a tiebreaker, and I think the tie would definitely go to Bissell. I would agree. Like, I, I think Okoro could be – an all-star at, in his career, like somewhat regularly at some point. You could see him in there multiple times, and maybe Vassell could sneak in once or twice. Um, so, like, I, I do think there's a somewhat decent difference on this ceiling. Like, but, again, yeah, it's not that much of a difference in regards to how I'd project these guys moving forward that I really lean one way or the other because – like I said, I, I don't want to downplay Okoro's offense, like, again, aside from the shot, which obviously a huge freaking asterisk, but he is a really good offensive player. Like, there's a reason the Iguodala comps are there. Like, if you look at Iguodala on offense in regards to initiating the offense, making the right pass, um, never really forcing anything, there there is a lot of value in that, but the shooting is going to be so crucial for Sacramento. Like, if we were talking about a different roster, like you're saying, the fit for Vassell is is significantly 
better that I'm willing to write off maybe a significantly or somewhat significantly better ceiling because, and also, again, Vassell has the lower floor. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't have a problem leaning Vassell here, even though I think Okoro could end up as the better player. The higher floor, yeah. Well, and I mean, that's the thing, like, so I love the Iguodala comp for Okoro. I'd never heard that before. That's great. Um, but, like, the way that he thrived the most in his career when he was winning championships was he had a point guard that was the greatest shooter in the history of time. Right, and another so, great shooter right next to him. <laughs> and Fox is, like, even if you want to say that Yield is close enough to Thompson in terms of, like, that two-guard shooting, you don't have that in your point guard. No, you don't. You don't. And especially if you're talking about Bagley's centerpiece, too. It becomes a lot of issues. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of where I am here. I don't know... Uh, what else there is to go into with these guys? Like, what, what else? What else do you feel like you want to talk about with these ones? Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, and even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E com promo code BLUEWIRE to get your first order free. Let's talk about where, how high you would pick either one. Um, because we've kind of gone through this before where it's probably, you know, if you're the Kings, From you're probably looking at, yeah, you're probably looking at 12 as your slot or you jump into that one, two, three, four. So would you consider either – let me put it this way. You know, yeah, let's start here. Would you consider either of them at pick four? Say you jump to four, um, LaMelo, Edwards, and Wiseman were off the board. Mm-hmm. Would you consider either of them here? And also, if you can work in Denny into this, like where would – you, because you could kind oh, of talk about him as like a three-four. He's definitely more on that four side compared yeah. to Coro is almost on that two side. And then we're gonna get to Onyeka, who is like the other. It's Denny and Onyeka there for me. And like, uh, I don't know because like I, I feel like the easy answer would be tra- if you know that you can trade down and get Vassell, that I would do that. But the way that this draft is, like, I'm not confident that you trade down to number 10 and Vassell's there. No, you should not be confident about that. Right. Um, hmm. So I wouldn't – dang. Like, I don't think I'd take a Coro there. And, and more than likely, a is going to be in that sort of top 10 range. Like, if Sacramento doesn't move up, I don't think they're getting a Coro. Um, unless Vassell does end up topping him. Um, hmm, I probably, 
I need to get into him more, but I probably would lean on Yeka. Um, if we're talking compared to Denny. Yeah, maybe let's leave, uh, like, the Okongwus and Toppins out mm-hmm. of it for now, if possible, just until we get... Yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm going Vassell over Denny. And as the fourth pick, that just sounds or so would tough. would you trade like, down? And, like, I guess my question here is, like, would you... Would you consider taking any of these three guys there rather than just saying, no, the talent's not here, we're going to trade down for whatever we can get, even if it ends up being, like, pick nine and, Mm -hmm. you know, at what ends up is, like, pick 15 the next season maybe? Right. I, hmm, it's so rough because this draft honestly kind of sucks, you know? Um it's really bad. Yeah. I think you trade down and just bet that one of them is there. And if not, I mean, like, there's other guys to look at, you know? Ugh, it's yeah. rough, but I, I think that's what i do. I also wouldn't be upset if they took one of the guys, but I'd probably end up trading down if if you were looking at four and those were the guys on the table. What would you lean? Yeah, I, I – I was ready to come in here with a hot take and just say I would feel comfortable taking Vassell at four. Uh, but I I don't know. I, I The more I think about it, I think you do just trade down and anywhere down to like eight, nine, even ten, and just play the odds that one of Denny Okoro – or Vassell is there. Like, definitely at 8, one will be there. Definitely, probably at 9, probably at 10, too. Right, and, like, these are guys in a tier lower that we'll get to at some point, but you'd have a Sadiq Bey who's shooting 45% from 3 on 5 attempts, or an Aaron Neesmith who's shooting 52% from 3 on 8 attempts. I saw that number today, and I, like, I was like, lost what? my mind. Who On eight attempts, holy. It, it, it's a small sample. He played 14 games and then had, I believe it was a foot injury that people have some concerns about. But it's like, I mean, there's, you know, I, these guys aren't franchise players, and I think them being an all-star, like I mentioned earlier, is still a stretch, even if it's a possibility throughout their career, that you'd probably have to trade down. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is, like, these guys just aren't worth top four picks in general. Yeah. Um, like, I don't even think I but You're mentioning find... potentially getting the 15th pick of the next draft. That could be as good as these guys. It definitely could be. Um, and, like, Vassell wasn't highly touted. Like, he didn't really play as a freshman. And then, like, Okoro, I think he was ranked, like, a hun- or out of a hun- out of the top 100 in his high school class. I think he was 31st. So... Mm-hmm. It just doesn't necessarily feel like a guy you would want to give a top five pick to, at least not in like a normal draft. Right. And this this isn't anything that you want to bet on, but we mentioned Edwards' potential of growing. If if a coral were to grow an inch, inch and a half, all of a sudden I'm like, man, this guy has real potential to lock up and and, and do some damage against some of the best wing offensive players in the league that kind of run the league. I do feel like he should. I don't know. I, I like I was talking to Bryant about this, about, you know, do guys grow? Should we count on growing? He said no. Never count on it because it sometimes just doesn't happen and then you you really are, you have issues. 
And on that note, like I I saw in Messini's new mock, he, he put Edwards down as six four. So oh wow. Yeah, I don't know. Like measurements are all really hard to figure out anyway. But yeah, I mean, I tend to believe that eighteen year olds will grow at least some, you know. But yeah, it's tough. But I know I I actually do think like I I am bullish on the growth of most eighteen year olds. So I do think that Akora would be a great three. Like I can see him being like an OG and Anobi style defender eventually. Right. But again, OG has that length. Bigger, yeah, definitely bigger. Um, but but yeah, and like there there just were occasional moments and it's just part of being a pull up jump shooter where you're like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that shot, um, or like that decision on offense from Basel, and I really didn't have that with Okoro. Like personally I just liked watching Okoro more. Um, but again, for Sacramento, I'm definitely leaning Vassell here. Um, and I think there's a real possibility that he's there, say, at the number 12 pick, where Sacramento very likely could be picking. And I am, I, I think this is my crush, man. This is my realistic crush. I'm so with you. This is my guy, too. This is, uh, this is the guy that I fell in love with finally. Like, I just watched no way to pick him. Where I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm all in. I mean, yeah, he is. That's my dream at twelve. Is is Devin Vassell? Yeah, I uh, I have no arguments against that. Uh, I'm all there with you, and yeah, uh, I the full the release is so high. Like I, I've said that a couple times here, but it is very surprising how high that release really is, and it's so smooth. It's extremely wet. He gets so much rotation on the ball too. It's really nice. Yeah, and by the way, obviously this is part of just being great defenders. Both these guys appear to be really good communicators with the rest of the guys on their teams as well. Yeah, I buy it. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm all in on the cell. So I, it's tough because if they ended up with either of these guys, I'd be happy. I'd have quite more yeah. questions with Coro, but I'd be happy with both these guys. So say that. It's pick 12, and somehow both guys have fallen. You're taking the cell. Yeah. Oh, man. I, like, would almost rather Okoro just be on the team that I'm reporting on, but it, you'd have to take the cell. I think so. Like, that's it's just that tiebreaker thing of, like, you plug him in at the three, and you just walk away. Like, yeah. you're so good. Like, like, you're just so good to go. You have Fox. Yeah, yeah, Buddy and Bogey, either one at the two, the cell at the three, Barnes at the four, and whatever Holmes Bagley situation at the five. Like, yeah, that's fine. Let's go yeah. ahead. Like that's I'm fine with that. Like let's continue. Let's play next season. I'll root for this eight seed all year long. I think there's a chance. Right, right. Yeah, I'm all for it, man. I'm. Uh, we got to speak this one into existence. Uh, this one has to happen. Yeah, what's even crazier is like I'm comfortable with 12 guys in this draft, and you know, assuming the Kings pick 12 and there's 12 guys I like, I'm like, oh, there's no way I can lose. Then it's like bullshit. No, right. They're yeah. gonna pick Papianis at 12. And right. It's be a disaster. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure, gonna happen. Who's um, the Serbian <laughs> center? Oh man, I don't have it in front of me. The one that Tim's talking about all the time. Yeah. Is there a guy uh, Al, oh god, like I'm gonna pronounce this. Alekesej Poku Savisky. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, now now he's, like, crept up to 24 in Vecini's big board, which means he's eighth on Vlade's big board. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, uh, that's that's where I'm at with these guys. I, I think Vassell is, is the realistic uh, number one for me. Yeah, I agree. And I think, of course, too. Yeah, I think so. It's just so weird to me that, like, he's projected to potentially go so high. You know, like, okay, the one that makes a lot of sense, though, for um, for Okoro is Atlanta. And actually, to be fair, they do worry about shooting a little bit as well. Well, I think that why he makes sense to go higher to another team is that it's totally fine to have a – core piece to be a non-shooter when you haven't built the rest of your team. So, like, and I'm not saying the Kings are done being built, but they're closer to being done than, like, the Knicks. So, say you have, like, you they pick R.J. Barrett, and there's serious, serious questions about his shooting. Fine. Like, it doesn't matter because we don't have another piece. Like, it's, uh, you know, Mitchell Robinson can't shoot. He's a center. Like, and then R.J. Barrett has problems shooting. Fine. And we'll just surround him with, like, a good shooting point guard and wing, like, Okay, like, well, yeah, that's fine. But the the problem is when your three best guards are, like, in place and there's questions about how that would work, I just – it's it's the Fox and Bagley and Okoro fit that's questionable. And, frankly, there aren't a lot of teams that are all in on two guys that can't shoot. Right. Yeah, there really isn't. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that – like we said, either one of these guys, I'm happy with it. I think that just from what we're seeing mocked from guys like Vassini who are talking to executives every single day that it seems like Okoro is going to go higher. But at the same time, like I'm not going to be shocked on on draft day if Vassell goes higher. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, I think that's all I got here, man. Yeah, that's it. I am uh... – I'm good to go. I mean, just to be clear, did you have Denny higher than both of these guys or either of these guys? I really don't know. Like, I was thinking that once we go through these, we're going to have to have an episode of our own big boards well, we could, and Kings boards. Yeah. Let's, let's we close, do it as we go. Let's close the episode like that. Like, each of these times that we can update, like, rank them. Like, put, we've mm-hmm. done six. Put them one through six. Let's try to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, Edwards is first. Do you want um, to do Kings like King centric? Yeah, do yeah, King centric. Yeah. In my opinion, Edwards. like yeah. Um, so Edwards is first. Uh, I, I don't want to touch Wiseman. Um, oh God, yeah, I, I don't want to touch Wiseman. So we'll go Edwards, and then who else? Um, who else have we done here? We did Denny and Labello. Okay, so so we can put maybe Wiseman and Ball aside. I feel like in yeah. terms of fit. Totally fair. Yeah, okay, so I'm going Edwards, and then I'm going Vassell, and then I'm going Denny, and then Okoro. Because Denny and Okoro, the question is the shot for both of these guys. Um, And if it works out for, hmm, actually, if it works out for Okoro, I'd probably rather have Okoro because it's more of a defensive impact. Sacramento already has places where I feel like the offense is going to come from. Ah, but there is a size difference. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, do you, you have Marcel second? 
I think these three guys are in a tier together, mm-hmm. and I do. It's really hard. I'm. I we should have had this more prepared. I, I really am struggling. I think, like, I feel like any day I could wake up and have these three in a different order. For sure. For sure. But as of today, I'm gonna go with Vassell. <laughs> I'm gonna, for today. I'm gonna go Vassell, Okoro, Denny. I'm doing the same, and it might be because I've watched a bunch of Okoro today and loved it. Yeah, there's just <laughs> I do, there's not a lot of tape on Denny, and like yeah. I mean, there's some, but it's hard to like know like okay when he plays for Israel, like how good is this competition and right. I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like I've seen enough from Okoro in a in a context that makes sense to me to feel good about him. Right. Whereas Denny, I just I feel like there's a higher chance that he is that European guy that bust where like it wasn't it's not a Lucas situation. Like he didn't play a ton of minutes. He's definitely not winning any awards in the Euroleague. It's all potential for him. Whereas I feel like Okoro's done it, and I feel like Vassal. We'll do it day one. Yeah, and and to talk about the floor, I think Denny's is is lower than Okoro's because Okoro's going to have that defensive impact. I agree. I think yeah, and that's how I would do it. I'm a kind of a defensive drafter. Oh, for sure. And so I would do yeah, I, yeah. I feel good about that for today. I'm good with that too. I'm good with Sell Okoro, Oof. Denny. All right. Yeah, you know, I'll uh, I'll lean the same way right now. That's that's fine with me. Um, and then yeah, on the next episode, I believe that we are going with Unkongu and Toppin. If you're good with that, I, I figured we could just yeah. do what was second in voting on the no, that's poll great. we did recently. That's great because I feel like it's time to get into a Kongu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it, man. This was a fun one. I think these are two guys that we're definitely going to be talking about a lot whenever the draft does finally uh, get announced and we, we get to that point. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. Thank you to everybody for listening, and you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days.